I'm Vito Labella, retired NYPD lieutenant, a community and education activist, and a candidate for the New York City Council in the 43rd District. Welcome to my video and audio podcast. For the last few years, the number one issue for everybody I speak to in South Brooklyn, irrespective of, of race, ethnicity, party affiliation, district boundaries, you name it, is crime and disorder in our city. So we're going to talk about how city and state politicians are responsible for this crime and how I plan to address it if I'm elected to the city council in the 43rd district. Last year, when I ran for state senate in this same area, I spoke about all the anti-police and pro-criminal laws passed in Albany, the most harmful of which were cashless bail, raise the age, which removed uh, most 16 and 17-year-olds out of criminal court into family court, irrespective of the seriousness of their crimes, and discovery, which changed the way uh, evidence is given to um, defense attorneys. I mean, changes so onerous that many, many more cases were dismissed. I mean, those are all still issues, but our state legislatures need to take that up and need to fix those. Since I'm running for city council this year, I want to talk to you about the pro-criminal anti-police legislation that the New York City Council has passed over the last 10 years and how it has harmed our city and our safety. The New York City Council are supposed to represent the best interest of all New Yorkers. Instead, they have been catering to the radical left's agenda, the criminal justice reform advocates and the anti-police activist. They have passed laws that have weakened our law enforcement, undermined public order, and emboldened criminals, making New York City less safe, less livable, and less prosperous. Let me give you some examples. We'll start with 2013. In that year, the council passed two laws restricting the NYPD's ability to conduct stop-and-frisk searches. Now, stop-and-frisk is a, is a police tactic, a tool, that allows officers to stop, question, and possibly frisk anyone they reasonably suspect of being involved in criminal activity. It is vital for preventing and solving crimes, especially crimes involving weapons, like guns or cutting instruments. Some examples are hanging around a high crime area when crimes are occurring, um, engaging in suspicious behavior, such as uh, furtive glances. That's just a, a fancy police way of saying, looking around to make sure that no one's watching you. And, and conspicuous stuff, like checking car door handles to see if they're open, or going up to someone's home and, and checking the front door to see if it's unlocked. I mean, these are all legitimate reasons to stop, question, and possibly frisk somebody. It is an essential tool in our fight against crime, but the far-left Progressive Caucus wants zero stop, question, and frisks because they simply don't want anybody arrested. The council also passed the Community Safety Act, which, just like the laws in the book 1984, does the exact opposite of what the name entails. It makes us all less safe. It's created, it created an independent inspector general for the NYPD who could review, investigate police policies and practices. And the other law was the Indiscriminatory Profiling Act, 
which expanded the definition of profiling to include not only race, ethnicity, religion, national origin, but also age, gender, gender identity or expression, sexual orientation, immigration status, disability, or housing status. I mean, how is a cop supposed to even know what somebody's sexual orientation is when they stop him? It's ridiculous. I mean, the law's real perniciousness is allowing individuals who believe or who say they believe the police profile them to sue the city for damages. And the council claimed that these laws protect New Yorkers' civil rights and liberties. But what it really did was undermine the authority of the police officers and also cut into the effectiveness of police and expose the city and, 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 because the city council also passed the qualified immunity bill, which got rid of qualified immunity for officers, it exposed the cops to frivolous lawsuits and costly settlements. What's the practical result of that? Well, it discouraged officers from engaging in proactive policing for the fear of being accused of profiling or misconduct, which is precisely what the city council wanted. When I was a plainclothes lieutenant looking for bad guys in the subway, we were focused on people carrying weapons, knives, guns, box cutters, etc. We would look at people's waistbands, uh, we would look at their pockets for a, for a clip or a bulge. We would approach them, we'd question them, and then take appropriate action. If a person had a box cutter on them and they were using it for work, and they didn't have a criminal history, those, that person might get a warning or a summons, since no matter what, you're not allowed to carry a box cutter or any cutting instrument or weapon on the subway. If that person had a violent history or a history of cutting people's pockets to steal their stuff, that person would get arrested. That is not discrimination. It is policing 101. The transit cops don't do it as much because they don't want to get accused of anything. And guess what? Slashings and stabbings are way, way up. In 2016, the council passed the Criminal Justice Reform Act. This is the worst bit of legislation and the most damaging to the city that I believe has passed in the last hundred years. This decriminalized low-level offenses such as urination, defecation, littering, drinking in public, being in a park after hours. These offenses were previously punishable by a criminal summons, which could result in an arrest warrant if the person didn't take care of it. But the new law reduced it to a, a civil violation handled by a civil administrative judge and carrying lower fines. The council claimed that this law would cut down on unnecessary arrests and, and reduce racial disparities in the criminal justice system. But what it really did was create a culture of lawlessness and disorder in our streets, our subways, and our parks. It sent a message that people can do whatever they want with no consequences. Well, anybody who has walked the sidewalks or taken the subway recently knows the results. We can see it and we can smell it for ourselves. It also deprived the police of a vital tool to prevent and solve more serious crimes by removing the officer's ability to check for outstanding warrants or criminal histories when issuing these summonses. Which, predictably, is another reason why, why crime increased after these so-called reforms were put in place. Please tune in next time for more discussions on the issues that matter to our community.